Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Uh, year one, we had 80 people. Year two, we had just over 200. And year three, we had just over 1,200. Um, so, A little bit of a jump. Yeah, a little, uh, about six <laughs> X. Um, we expected an increase. I think we were aiming for about 500. And that that was just monstrous. Um, yeah. So we, we did a lot of things last year that were uh, in motion regardless of covid so um i mentioned the the council mm-hmm. so uh this ties back to what we talked about earlier with diversity of thought and things like that so mm-hmm. i i know based off of what i've done what i've read etc that um you go further faster better with a uh diverse group working towards a similar goal right absolutely So uh, I may have ideas and they may be good or they may be bad. Um, But if I bring in other people, I get some consensus as to whether that's true or not. Mm -hmm. I also get some people that help me make them come to life. I also get some people who come up with other ideas, things I never considered, um, the whole deal. So my my council is, so I'm the chair um, mm-hmm. And then I have three annual positions, so uh, or uh, maybe that's not the right term, uh, forever positions. So uh, Adam from Garage Gym Lab is one, uh, Jake from Garage Gym Experiment, and John, we call him JB from GarageGyms.com, is the third. So the three of them have huge networks, have a ton of outreach, have a bunch of influence and understanding within the garage gym community mm-hmm. they have connections to the companies and the sponsors and all this other stuff they bring a ton of um, information and uh, knowledge and just every everything we need there and then the other three are a rotating annual position where uh, we pick new people each year and mm-hmm. so they are specifically from the community. So we already have all the people that are the garage gym, you know, insert uh, additional piece. Yeah. Uh, we need uh, regular everyday people as well uh, to make sure that we're um, one, keeping fresh eyes and fresh mm-hmm. minds and everything, yep. but also to make sure that we're not steering the competition in a direction that doesn't actually fit the community itself. Um, so last year I had, um, TJ, Josh and Emily, um, they were the first, so they were the, that was the first year for the council. Mm-hmm. TJ has a, a background in, he works for a, a veterinarian. He's does a lot of their, uh, business management stuff and all kinds of things. Um, I'm probably far underselling what he does. Uh, I, I think he's, probably probably the backbone to doing a lot of what keeps that uh business going every day Mm. um and uh, he was going to be in charge of local meetups so Mm. setting up like inviting how do you invite your friends over and things like that and then COVID happened and we went 
yeah, we're not gonna not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if, if you want to have a few people over, that's on you, but we're certainly not gonna give you ways to help you to yeah. make that happen. Um so TJ pivoted. He was the one who got the true form runner uh connection and a bunch of other stuff. Um he brought in uh one of the prizes was a bed from yep. um Performa Sleep. So you know the person who won got to pick whatever size bed they want. So they got a free oh. Cal King performance sleep bed. Uh, yeah. It's a, that's a right there. So, um, so TJ knocked it out of the park, even though it wasn't the thing he was supposed to be doing. He just yeah. went, no big deal. Here we go. Let's make it happen. Uh, Josh did the, like all of our graphics. So he designed our logo. He designed um, all of our communication flyers and everything like that. Um, I know enough about Photoshop to be able to tinker and take like, here you gave me this, I can move it here or mm -hmm. here, but creating from scratch, my analytical, uh, logical brain, everything is squares and everything <laughs> is lines. And I, like, I know it doesn't look good, but I legitimately cannot get outside of that box. Um, you know, pun intended, right? Uh, literally, it is, it is, it is not. I just, I just can't. Mm -hmm. I've tried. I've tried to like, oh, a diagonal line here and some some dustings here, whatever. And I just go, that looks terrible. What am I doing? So Josh did a phenomenal job of of just everything. He is. Um, uh, I think what I said before is, is he is frustratingly good at doing <laughs> such a good job in something that I, I wish I could do, but can't. Um, but that also proves the purpose and point of the council, which yep. is he has skills that I don't. Um, and then Emily handled the, uh, the data. So she set up what was the Google form for us to track it in a spreadsheet. So the first year I tracked everything, I literally opened up post by post and then typed it into an Excel spreadsheet. So I type in your username and then type in your lists. And I did that for all 80 people. In wow. year two, for the 200 people, I had like 10 people volunteer to essentially do the same thing. And then we went, okay, if we keep growing, like this is just not sustainable. Not Emily came up with what we could do. Um, and then like everything else, it evolves year to year. But that was, that was, immense if if we had tried to do it any other way 1200 would have just buried us in a manual not to mention the errors and all kinds of oh, stuff. oh yeah I, I guess you guys could say that that was your personal process huh? yeah yeah there you go <laughs> so uh this year i have um bruce who was a sponsor last year actually um so he brings some really unique perspectives being a sponsor, being a home gym lifter, the whole deal. Um, he works for a company and does a lot of marketing stuff and things like that. Uh, Eric, who um, he does some uh, analysis stuff in his day job. So he's handling the data side this year. So trying to bring that process uh, even more sustainable, um, trying to make sure that when we go year to year, the data kind of flows so people can change their Instagram account names. That makes it really hard from a unique identifier perspective to tie what you did in year one to year six. If your Instagram name changed from 
Joe lifting to gray matter lifting to Mm -hmm. Joe gray matter lifting to, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out that process, um, we allow parents to submit on behalf of their kids. So their kids don't have to have. So making sure that we are tying it back to the account that has the video, but also not duplicating that unique identifier so that now it doesn't look like we have two submissions for one person. So how do you handle that? Um, it's probably a concatenation of username plus name or so- something, mm-hmm. right? But again, uh, I- I'm pretty good with data, but a lot of other people are better. So that's why I have somebody else. Yep. Um, and then uh, Chris uh, is actually up in Canada. Um, and oh, Chris. He, uh, He's our first uh, non-US member, which is fun. Um, he, he, him and Eric are actually mods on Reddit with me. Um, and Chris is a competitive powerlifter himself. He is in the military and all kinds of crazy stuff. And he is uh, running the coaching and training side. So what we hope to be able to do, we started last year, but we want to do more of is we have this huge expansive knowledge of coaches and trainers and and just athletes in general how can we pick their brains to pass on some of that information to everyone else mm-hmm. so knowing that a large chunk of our lifters are kind of your uh, mom and pops who are fitting in lifting here and there but still maybe have goals to be bigger stronger faster or whatever it might be Um, How can we splice and dice that information appropriate to them, tie it to the competition and hopefully help them progress year to year to year. So, um, yeah, it's the, so the council has been awesome. Um, I learn a lot from everybody. They have ideas around, we could potentially turn it into a nonprofit um, and then raise funds through various means. So I talked about the data piece. So the discussion we're having a little bit now is, is do we start tiptoeing into a kind of big data realm um, and collect more information on our lifters to then be able to sell to sponsors? Do we um, have a pay to play um, motto for the sponsors where we say, you if you're at this tier mm-hmm. um you know you need to give in this level of a prize but you also pay 500 bucks or whatever it is and then that guarantees you x amount of posts and this that the other thing whatever so there's a lot of different things we're discussing um and again the council not only comes up with those ideas but then we all discuss and say like do we want to do that right in a, in a world that is constantly fighting Google and Facebook and Twitter and whoever else for collecting their data, mm-hmm. do we want to do that? I don't know. Um, do, Maybe keep it optional for the user yeah. to choose. And, and so that's, that's actually what we did last year was we said, here's the required stuff. And it's like six things. And then once you move on to page two, it's all optional and you can fill out what you want or not. So... Um, and then, you know, there's, but there's, so there's, there's just, there's constant evolution for all that stuff throughout what do we want to do? How do we want this to work? One of the nice things is I never intended to make money off of any of it. And I still don't. Yeah. 
Um, so it allows me to be a little pickier. If this was the only way that I made money, then I'd have to go with the thing that makes the most money. For sure. Um, instead, I can make sure that the competition stays focused on the mission and the vision of community. what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. bring the community together um, and help everyone be a little bit better year to year. So. Absolutely. And just one thing to speak on the fact that, you know, Joe's not trying to make money from this. I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but you have a year plus of content online on your blog. And I'm not sure if it's on your YouTube video as well. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're talking about my, my reviews and stuff? Or? Yeah. So yeah. no, no affiliate marketing at all, which means that essentially whatever he reviews, he does not get paid for it. He doesn't get a kickback from the site. And yeah, you know, like this is just something that Joe's really passionate about. And I mean, I think that's what's kind of causing that exponential growth, right? Because people see it's real. Yep. Yeah. So the, um, the, the other three guys I work with, so Jake, uh, JB and Adam, they all do affiliate links and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think there's a, there's a teeter totter, uh, balancing act when it comes to affiliate work and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they tend to walk it pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I think some others maybe go too far in the one direction. Mm-hmm. So um, to be able to make the most amount of money through affiliate links, you have to put out the most amount of content. You have to pay the least amount for all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. And you have to um, handle as many things as possible. Right. So if you put out a review every four days when you've handled a product for two days and you just slap it up there um, and the shorter time period it takes for people to read the review or watch the review, et cetera, the more likely they are to finish it, to then get to the link that then has them Mm -hmm. buy it. Like there's all these potentially really actually negative uh, qualities for a review that would actually help you sell more. Mm. Um, and so what you see sometimes is, is these people who put out like, it's like a one pager and it essentially just copies the product information and then has a couple of pictures and is like, this is how you buy it. And they put up like eight links to whatever it is. Um, and again, it's, and they just handle an enormous amount of products because they're just they're they're pinging anybody who sells anything. They're talking about every shoe that's ever come out, anything oh, yeah. that can tie in at all through Amazon or Rogue or whatever. They oh, do. Yeah. I mean anywhere in the world, right? Like for any yeah. product or service too. Cause let's be honest here, Joe, you know, no one's gonna take an affiliate link when they give well not no one, but the majority of people probably wouldn't take an affiliate link that gives kickbacks of like let's say 10 to 20% and say, yeah, this product sucks because yeah, they're, they're yeah. kind of, you know, they're taking themselves out of the affiliate game for new yep. people. They're going to yep. see that. And the fact that who's going to buy a product when you just said it's not good. Yep. Yep. So, um, so flip that around and uh, Jake, Adam and JB do a really good job of blending the idea that um, they only get things in their gym that they actually want to use as mm. opposed to just anything on the planet. Right. Um, so Adam's very specific on what he brings in. Um, it's only things that he plans to keep uh, long-term. JP mm. will uh, have some turnover and some stuff, but that's, you kind of have to, if you're going to review 10 dozen racks, right? Absolutely. 
can only fit so many racks in a garage. Mm. Um, and, and Jake tends to fill a void that the other two don't with some more uh, gadgets and gizmos here and there in some place. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's all stuff he uses and keeps and the whole deal. Um, and again, they're they're specific on what they're looking to review, use, the whole deal. Um, a lot of the reviews take them... Uh, I'm, JB's handled like, no joke, I think 50 plus barbells. And it still takes him about a month. Yeah, yeah, seriously. His his wall his walls are covered in like gun racks for bars, um, so he's handled that many. He could probably write a review on a bar in a day, right? Yeah. He could he pull it out of the package, feel the knurling, look at the components, spin it, load some plates, and go. Yeah, I know what this is gonna do. Um, mm-hmm. It still takes him at least probably a month, if not longer, to do a review on a bar. Mm-hmm. um adam some of the things he's done have taken six months or more um so they're and they're very detailed so they're not just regurgitating the specific pieces they're actually informing the reader more about what the product is why it's good why it's bad why product specs maybe don't always translate into mm-hmm. performance so there's a lot of ways for uh, bar companies to beef up what they're selling without it actually having a noticeable difference to the consumer. Do you um, mind giving us one point about that? Like what's uh, one thing that people can look out for? I'm not good at that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so I attempt to stay in my lane. Um, so JB, I, him and I had a conversation at one point. So I did, I did one barbell review. I reviewed yep. uh, uh, Ohio bar that I have. And I just kind of talked about, you know, how it's still together and, you know, what it looks like after a year and things like that. When JB and I started talking more regularly, <clears throat> he started dropping a few notes about where bars are made and the difference between Thai, you know, Taiwan and, and, and China and all these mm-hmm. other things. And I went, even uh, the quality of steel. Yeah. Yeah. And I just went, okay, I'm, I am out of my league here. Like trying to put out a review on bars when I don't know anything that he's talking about, it just, it's just, uh, it's disingenuous to the reader for me to put something out and claim that I know anything that I'm talking about, mm. um, in my opinion, right? So, you, you know what, though, I will respectfully counter that. And I will say one thing, though, because if you don't know all of these background things, you have one advantage that the others don't. You have the sure. advantage of a regular layperson actually yeah. using that bar. And how it's gonna their experience is gonna be. So I uh, I actually use my wife for that piece a lot of times. So that's right. Uh, in a lot of my reviews, uh, especially any more in the last couple of years, I get my wife's perspectives a little bit and give her you know get her feedback. Do you like it? Do you not? Why? What's you know what's good? What's bad? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really helpful. One, I'm six foot two forty, and she. Yeah five foot six, 140 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge difference. You know, yep. male, female, I got much bigger hands. She's got smaller hands. I lift 500. She lifts 200, you know, all these different things. And so, um, but just the general concept of I've done hours of research on things that don't matter to most people yep. when it comes to gym equipment. And she just, gets to hear me talk about it occasionally in the background, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, so yeah, so I, I, I'm totally with you. Um, I just know that, um, combined with the fact that like, I have held maybe six or seven bars in my gym over the time. And like I said, you said 50 plus, it's just really hard for me to think that my opinion has much weight in that realm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, I have no problem giving my opinion on in on other aspects of garage gym equipment, which is what I do. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the specifically the barbell piece is just out of, out of my hands. So, uh, garagegyms.com. So it's garage, uh, slash or hyphen or whatever gyms.com. And then garage gym lab are the two that I go to. If I was going to buy a bar or I tell someone to, you know, how to find out about a bar or whatever. Um, awesome. they're, they're the two. So we'll throw like that said, in the description. Yeah. They do a good job blending the affiliate link process with still providing quality content and information and not, uh, only selling you something because they need to sell it. Right. So, um, and I think that is a hard line to walk. Yeah. Um, so it does me not doing that at all does give me a different um, ability. So mm. I've, told, I've told some companies before when they've reached out to me for stuff, I say, so you need to be careful. Like, I don't have to sell anything, so I don't have to be nice. Mm. So if you send me something and it sucks. <laughs> I'm going to say it sucks. it sucks. Like there's, there's no, there's no holding back on this. Yep. I had a guy a year or two ago send me, um, it's, it's this auto spotter system. So he's been making it since like literally like the eighties, his website, um, looks for dumbbells. Uh, no, he, uh, same thing. So you're probably thinking about the same thing. Yeah. yeah. He made it before them. Really? Uh, Yeah. So it's, but his is not as refined and he only sells it on his website. Okay. And his website looks like um, something I would have made in high school in like, uh, like no, no joke. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a blue background with like a couple of, you know, still images, like yeah. just Classic HTML coding back yeah. in the 2000s, yeah. 1990s. Yeah, it's really bad. So, <laughs> and like the, the, the storefront's bad, everything's bad. So, mm-hmm. um, so I told him like, you know, I dig into everything when I do a review. I'll talk about the the, the business. I'll talk mm. about the experience buying it as a customer. I'll talk about customer service. Yeah, um, I will learn as I go through using the product, and I'll share those experiences. Mm. If the product is hard to kind of get a control over or, or learn, I'm going to know that, right? Like I, uh, and I think that's to your benefit as a as a business. Um, both in terms of being able to either improve it or just be able to tell future customers it takes about six months to get the hang of this or you know whatever it might be. Absolutely. So um, so what it does is it literally attaches to a bar and you yeah. you pull these kind of grips down and you you can go and as soon as you are done or if you were to fail a rep you let go and it tensions real quick and it's tensions on these. Wow. Um, like these, uh, like toe, like toe ropes. Huge. And so the toe rope was attached to the top of your rack. Technically you could attach it to like your ceiling or whatever. Um, but, 
And so the idea is that now, especially if you're training at home, you can't, if you miss a lift, whether it's on purpose or maybe you tear a pack or you whatever, right? That bar is not going anywhere near you. You're good mm. to go. Um, the, the biggest downside is the fact that you have to wrap your fingers around it and hold it which is odd in the first place. And right, then right. two is, is the mental concept of letting go of the bar when it's in free space is just weird. Like it just is really weird. That is such a in, ingrained uh, process of don't let go of the bar, right? You're going <laughs> to die. Um, to get over that is hard. And so I I tried a few times and it just, I didn't like it. Mm. And I trying and so i kept posting it on instagram and saying like you know i'm trying i'm trying to figure out how i get over this how do i break this mental barrier and whatnot i kept having issues where it was getting hung up on one side versus the other which then added to that concern and um he ended up emailing me back and he's like you need to send it back you're doing a disservice you don't know what you're doing stuff and so I, I told him, I said, okay, that's fine. And, you know, I, I paid for shipping to send it back. No problem. Wow. Put it back. And I just, I, you know, I'm, I didn't want any hard feelings. Um, yeah. Not that I needed him to be a buddy or anything. I mean, I haven't heard anything from him since. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I, I put out a, a note on it and kind of shared my experiences in general. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what I said was, you know, there, there could be some very strong applications here. If you lift by yourself and have no means of a spotter system, then that's a maybe good alternative. Um, when he originally came out with the product was, like I said, back in the 80s and 90s, there wasn't power racks and stuff prevalent from companies like Rogue and Titan and whoever else. So you had one of those Walmart benches and that was mm-hmm. it. So that was a very uh ingenious way to work around a home gym solution that was a great idea um but now that we have that now that we have strap safeties and spotter arms and all these other things that are very commonplace for power racks at home and power racks in general are showing up in even non you know hardcore lifter um uh, home gyms it just doesn't serve as big of a purpose like he hasn't really adapted um on top of that, it it looks kind of funky. Like my wife yeah. hated it. She was like, it looks like crap. Uh, the setup for the bar was annoying. You couldn't use it on all your bars. And there was just all these different hiccups that just didn't really play out. And so, I, you know, I mean, I, I laid all that out. And like I said, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't happy about it. But mm-hmm. I, I had no, I didn't have an incentive or need or anything to say, it's great give me your money. So, yep, yep. uh, which is a nice place to be in. So, and you know what, you know like, what? I, feel like, I feel like by you even I saying even this, it might actually, actually be helpful help. because the users are like, okay, you know, there is this fault, but maybe like, that's not that big of a deal for me. And I usually, yeah. maybe even usually, I don't know, bench press or squat with open hands, which I'm not sure if you should do, but anyways, you know, yeah. And that was a genuine review. You know, there's probably a lot of people commenting on Reddit or Twitter that they may not see. And like one idea, if the owner is listening, because I think it's a really cool concept, similar to like a seatbelt, where if it the velocity just goes really quick compared to the previous second, 
just locks like that. I mean, that would be a fantastic product. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the only unfortunate aspect that I'm a little bit sad to hear about, Joe, is like the fact that you have to pay for shipping. I think at least like, I don't know. I feel like he it, he, he said he'd refund me, to be fair. Like he, yeah. he was going to. And I just told him, don't worry about it. You didn't get out of it what you wanted. So I don't expect you to handle like you know, to and from and the whole deal. So he sent it to me for free. He paid for shipping to me. So I paid to ship it back. I think it all fit in a flat rate. So it was, I don't know, eight bucks or something like that. Or okay. That's fair. It, it wasn't like I paid $200 to send back some giant contraption or something. So yeah, that, that's fair. Sorry. I usually think about like shipping with the gym equipment being like 500 bucks. So I'm just like, okay, that's going to be a bit yeah. too steep. No. Yeah. Well, so. Hey everyone. I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process.